Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Embracing the Gray, the show that challenges your black and white thinking when it comes to all things food, dieting, body image, and mindset. And today we are talking about a very fun topic for me, and that is our belief systems and our narratives and the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. And we're going to dive into a new term that I just learned called the Tinkerbell effect. Um, so yes, how are you doing, Miss Vic? Lovely. I just like the name of the Tinkerbell effect. It doesn't even have to be, it doesn't even have to work. I just like the name. Um, but no, we, I'm good. We are going to be kind of diving into how much your life can change when you tell yourself a different story from what, when you stop playing into a certain narrative, when you stop, um, living into that and I think when Kelsey and I first met that was like my one biggest challenge was to go against the grain of the things that I had told myself for most of my life so I'm super excited to talk about it I still remember like it's so clear as day because there was so much like imagery like I remember being at the cabin we're at the fireplace whatever else and you're just like this is my thorn this is the cross I'm going to bear I will, I, you know, I, this is just what I've been given, um, my lot in life. I will always struggle with food. I always have struggled with food. I'm going to continue to always struggle with food. I just want that voice that quote unquote, like binge voice or whatever else. I would just like it to be quieted down. And I asked you, why does that have to be true? And I don't know for you, what, what are some things that come up when you think about like that moment? Um, so I was actually talking to my cousin about this because he was asking like, what was like the, the big change? Like, what was, what was that? And then I was the other day I was, I called into like one of my favorite CrossFit podcasts. Um, and he was like, what was day one? Like, what was that? What did that look like for you? Um, and I think mostly just, I didn't realize the gravity of what my life would look like if I continued to live into like always struggling with my weight using those these very um pointed definitive terms like I'm always going to struggle with my weight I'm always going to struggle with food this is just how it's going to be like I didn't realize how strong and powerful those statements were and how those things affected my well one it it only strengthened the belief that that was true. Mm -hmm. And then it would give off a certain emotion. So shame, guilt, um, regret, whatever those emotions were. And then it would play out in my life through my actions. And then my habits were only reinforced more. Those neuropathways were only dug deeper. Like I didn't understand what was happening underneath, like all the the stuff underground, I guess you could say that was going at play. Mm -hmm. So understanding that those things, it's really important to ourselves that we tell ourselves things. And sometimes it is a fake it till you make it thing. Mm -hmm. When I was like, first, you know, healing my relationship with food and getting into the gym and all those things, like, I didn't have much confidence to say like, yeah, I can show up for myself. But as the days go on, you only are creating more evidence that you are somebody that 
cares about their health and cares about moving their body and all of those things. So I didn't understand, I guess, the gravity of the situation until it was like point blank said to me. Um, And then I was thinking, you know, long-term, like, man, I don't want to get to the end of my life and this be told to me or me have this like realization and then be like, wow, like the years I've wasted. Um, And so it also helped me be present and live in the now and kind of, I mean, it really did change everything for me. So it's huge. Like, and I still remember there's a Tony Robbins quote, like, or just, you know, this idea that we act consistently with who we believe we are. And this other idea of just like, well, if you defend your limitations, you get to keep them. And some of these like little like quotes and stuff I hold on to because I have to remember that the story I'm telling myself is just that. It is a story. It is me, like it's whatever I'm making up in my head. Um, and, And just kind of, so recognizing like they would say, like, okay, if you had, were a smoker, right? So, and then someone offers you a cigarette, someone could either say, oh, no, thank you. I don't smoke. Or someone would say, oh, no, thank you. I'm trying to quit. Like it's so, it's subtle, but it's a really big difference. The person who says, no, I don't smoke. They don't identify as a smoker. Whereas the person who says I'm trying to quit, their days are numbered because they still identify as a smoker. And so it's the same thing of like, I, I would love for people to like kind of put this on and like, oh, no, thank you. I'm on a diet, mm-hmm. right? Or, oh, no, thank you. Like, that's just not, I just, I don't want to eat those things. That's just not, that wouldn't feel good for my body right now. Like, I really listen to my body's internal cues. Like, it's so different. Like, when you say I am on a diet, your days are numbered because mm-hmm. you don't really believe that you are a healthy person. Like you don't really believe that you can trust your body. You believe that you have to control this thing and you're, you've got a set amount of time that you're doing this. Your days are numbered. And so the big thing that we do, especially in, my, like in our program, it's called Rediscover You. And the whole point is to stop. It, the whole point is to discover a new version of you and to step into a new identity And that's why we have like a whole module set on like limiting beliefs. What are the stories we're telling ourselves about ourselves and just rewiring it. And so I will say this, if you are struggling guys, like the words that come after I am are so incredibly powerful, right? Like you can say like, I am someone who always struggles with their weight, or you can say that I am someone who is you know, taking care of their health. I am someone who always makes sure that they go on a walk every single day, or I am someone who listens to their hunger and fullness cues. I am someone who makes sure that they eat balanced meals and nourishes their body, right? And the big thing too, if you're struggling with those IMs, like you don't really believe it and that whole fake it till you make it, if it does feel like you're lying to yourself, that can be difficult. So then I would add in the word becoming. I am becoming someone who moves their body daily. I am becoming someone who honors their body and eats in a way that makes their body feel good. I am becoming someone who prioritizes their sleep. And just that little phrase. So in order for that to be true, what would be the things that I would have to do in order to collect evidence that I am indeed that type of person? 
Yeah. Can you explain to our audience what the Tinkerbell effect is so that we can kind of go into detail? Yeah. That was a lovely intro. I hope that that helps you guys kind of have perspective on like what your life could look like if you stopped playing into these horrid stories. Yeah. <laughs> Very self-limiting stories. So what is the Tinkerbell effect? So the Tinkerbell effect is is essentially like basically what we have been talking about this whole time, but it's a cute name and I think it stands out and I really like it. So I'm just like adopting it. Um, but the whole idea, right, is like Tinkerbell only existed because people believed in her, right? And so, so often, like, I, what is it? Our behaviors follow our belief. And in order to help us change our beliefs, this is this really kind of cool exercise of adding in or just starting a statement with what if. It's really interesting, right? So like, so often, how often do we visualize the worst case scenario happening? How often do we visualize things going horribly wrong? How often do we visualize like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, or like recently I'd sent an email to our, e like my email list. And I was like, oh, that was an awful like subject line. Why did I do that? Everyone's going to take it so pretty, you know, or I could like, what if actually people saw that and, you know, it actually hit them in a, a different way or whatever else. Right. So the whole idea with the, what if is that, and I would really probably say like, is the feeling right. So rather than saying like, what if I struggle with food for the rest of my life? What if you say, what if I was able to have a healthy relationship with food? What if I was, you know, what if I felt at ease and at peace in my body. One of our um, clients, she wrote it in today or the other day, and I loved it. She said, what if I love my body and feel comfortable in my skin? Like, or she's like, what if I love my body and how I feel in my skin? What if that were true? And then she's like, well, if that were true, I would be listening to my hunger and fullness cues. I would be doing daily movement. I would look at myself and like what I see. And if that's hard, I would catch myself and turn that negative talk into a positive affirmation. I would look in the mirror and choose to speak kindly to myself. And she's like, then it would allow me to be a person that loves herself on the inside out and feels good in my skin. The girl that loves herself no matter where I am on this journey. And like, that's the whole point. She's like, so for, it's just to help you expand your expectation. Yeah. And I think it, it goes consistently obvious. So one of the books that like around the time Kelsey and I met, I bought Atomic Habits by James Clear. And that book was, it was just insane. Like it rocked my world. Um, but one of the things, cause it's on my, my desktop right now, but it was, it says the most practical way to change who you are is to change what you do. And, and so when, um, okay, so that's, that's a little separate caveat. The other thing I was listening to Jenna Kutcher, she's, um, mm. she wrote, how are you really? Um, and in the book, she talks about where the woo meets the work and like, it can't be all this belief and no work. And it can't just be this hustle culture mentality and like your self-esteem and confidence is shit. Right. Like it, there has to be this medium or this middle path or the gray area. Um, and so, so like, 
I think of, you know, the Tinkerbell effect being the woo, if you will. And then the, the way that that actually gets to where you want to be is changing the things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So like what James Clear says is like, if you want to be a different person, then change the things that you're doing on a regular basis. Um, and, and, and them to not be outcome-based goals, but things that are like deep rooted in the person that you are and the person that you want to become. And that was a monumental change for me because I had always focused on just, just weight loss or just, you know, getting my eating fixed. I just want to fix my eating. And like, there wasn't the everything behind it. Well, like, why do you want to do that? It's because I wanted to be somebody that didn't struggle with food and didn't have to come to each meal and it be this huge dramatic, like, this is going to suck. You're always going to struggle with like this huge story I was telling myself. And it just felt like drama every time I was going to eat. And then of course my actions were going to be that of somebody that doesn't have a healthy relationship with food. Cause it was like, well, this is just how it's going to be like, whatever. Self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like I hear that all the time. Like I'm addicted to sugar and I felt this way too, right? Like, oh man, I can't, if I have one cookie, like I'm going to eat them all. And like, here are the story that you just told yourself. Yeah, It brings up feelings. It brings up emotions. You believe that about yourself. So of course, when you do give yourself permission to have one cookie, well, I had one cookie. So I've got to eat them all. Like, and yeah. I, I know that that can seem so simple, but it, it's so, so true. And it's just like to kind of debunk that and be like, what if you didn't? Yeah. What if you could have, you know, a, a cookie and just enjoy it and savor it and move on with life? And I think part of it is because we don't even, we can't even imagine what life would look like. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what the Tinkerbell effect does. Like, I remember I was on a, um, a call with a, you know, a potential client on Monday. And I was like, what would your life look like if this wasn't a problem for you? And she's like, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's your homework. I need you to think about like, I need you to sit down and actually think about what life would look like because otherwise you're going to keep playing out this cycle and this idea, like, because you think that this is the only, this is your only perspective. And it's whatever that is for you, the reality is it's freedom from this like mentality that's kept you like locked and chained for so long and limited. Um, It's going to look different for everyone, you know, depending on your life and how you live it. But that, I mean, I was just, yesterday was Josh's birthday and like in the morning I made muffins and then last night I made ribeyes and then I made ice cream sandwiches. Like and, and we have like cookies and muffins and things in our, you know, on the counter and it's like, okay, whatever. But if you were to ask me a year ago, like that stuff would have been gone. Like it, mm-hmm. it would have been eaten and then like thrown away and then eat like that there wouldn't be any possibility that those types of things could live in our house without me just like going ballistic on them. Um, but I now have this story that I tell myself that these things come and go all the time. They're always going to be there. Um, if I want a cookie, I can have a cookie. Is that the, you know, going to be the most filling, nutritious, sustainable thing right now? Probably not. Maybe I should opt for a meal and then I can have a cookie later if I want one. Like Mm -hmm. those things, that is now the story that I tell myself, not this like 
oh my gosh, the forbidden cookie that is going to derail everything. Like, I don't think those things about food. Um, and sometimes it's hard to realize like that was all that was controlling my brain at the time was this one cookie. It's going to be the death of me. And it's like, no, it's just, it's the stories you're telling yourself plus eating the cookies all the time. Cause it's going to be the last time that yeah. got like to, to my like lowest. Um, oh, it's, it's super crazy. And like, again, it just kind of like, I just want people to recognize like a lot of times this is the missing puzzle piece. Yeah. This right here, like, please listen to me guys. Like if you feel like you've been dieting, if you feel like you've been struggling with food or struggling with your weight or whatever else, and you're just like, I've tried every diet. I understand. This is the missing piece. When you realize that you're just continuing to act consistently with who you believe you are. And subconsciously, you believe that you will always struggle with food. Subconsciously, you believe that you will always struggle with your weight. And so, and, and the, the power of our belief, like, so there's this, um, the placebo effect, right? So we could talk about the Tinkerbell effect, but it's also basically the placebo effect, right? It's the same idea. It is woo meets science. Um, there was a 1983 British stomach cancer group that told 411 prospective recipients of a new chemotherapy treatment um, and that nausea and hair loss were possible side effects, right? So they put 400 prospective recipients on this placebo. There was nothing. They didn't actually give them anything, but they said it was a new chemotherapy treatment. Listen to this. Over 30% suffered hair loss. Their hair literally fell out and they were never actually given chemotherapy. They were given saline. How incredibly powerful is our brain, is our mind, if we can make our own hair fall out? And 56% reported vomiting. Like they were like, so they were literally making themselves sick. They were literally having their hair fall out. And like, think about this, even like I used to struggle massively with anxiety attacks. Like it was a problem. I had panic attacks. There was a time, like I was taken off of an airplane, um, and like put in an ambulance. Cause I just, I thought like my tongue was swelling. I couldn't breathe. I was panicked. Like it was a whole thing. Um, and it's just eventually like when I went and went in and like, I had all these treatments done and was, you know, told, Hey, there's nothing wrong with you. Like everything everything is fine. We think that this is anxiety. And like, once I finally wrapped my head around that it was me making me sick and that my, my anxiety about the possible side, you know, about the possible like feelings that, you know, manifestations, physical manifestations of my stress coming, like that anxiety of this possible thing happening would then cause the physical manifestation to happen, which would then cause more anxiety, which would then continue this cycle. And once I realized I would feel, um, I would feel the, the physical sensation start to come on. Like I would feel my tongue start to swell. I would feel this, like my throat start to close. I would feel like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe again. And I remember telling myself, no Kels, you're okay. You are fine. Take deep breaths. You know, you can breathe you know that this is, this is in your head. You know that this is just anxiety and you know you have control over this. 
And when I realized that, and I remember telling myself this in certain moments, and then it would calm down and it would go away. And I, I'm not saying like, I'm sure somebody's going to be like, don't tell me that my things are in my head. I'm not saying that. Like there are like, obviously there are actual like things, please, you know, I'm not saying like, don't get medical attention or, or whatever else, but do recognize like if there really isn't any like physical thing going on, there is so much power in your mind. Mm-hmm. And and adding the dialectic, like you have to continue to like those realizations that you've had, that I've had, that clients have had, like, that's great. Those things, but those things only last so long until you meet them with action. And so like, I had a great realization December 4th of 2021, but I still every single day have to choose to do the hard things to become the person I want to be. Like I have to, I know that it's important that I go to the gym or at least move my body in some way. And, and for me, that is like, it takes so much of my, like, I have to quiet so much down in order for me to go do those things. And so, yes, you can have these realizations and you can have these like come to Jesus, like moments in your life, but you have to meet them. If you actually want those things to play out in your reality, you have to meet them with work and you have to meet them with consistent work. If anything else that you're hearing, um, because like, I, I would say, generally speaking, like, I love the way that I feel after I work out, but the whole process of like actually getting there and moving my body, it just, it, it, requires so much of my mental energy to like actually get there um and so while these things you could be thinking about all these things and thinking about being a better Josh and I were just talking about this like you can think all of these things all you want and be like oh my gosh like what would it be like to have a healthy relationship with food but if you're not actually going to sit at the table and have these hard conversations with yourself and start quieting your mind those things are never going to happen And so it's, it's this like twofold, you know, gray area that we always talk about. Oh, I love it. There's a, definitely a James Clear quote that I absolutely love. And he's like, what do you call a belief without evidence? It's a delusion. (laughs) So like the whole point and like why I'm just still so obsessed with that book, like, is this idea of (laughs) like the whole point of what we do, our actions, our habits is they are casting a vote for the type of person we want to become. And like, I loved, oh my goodness. So I listened to this podcast by Alex Hermosi this morning. I absolutely, yeah, I've, I've got, I'm a fangirl. These authors of these entrepreneurs, whatever else, but, um, and I loved it. He said this, I am this way because, right? So, and think about that. How often do we, again, defend our limitations, right? Where I struggle with food because my mom was always dieting and hated her body, right? Or I, you know, I struggled to have a a positive relationship because my parents, or I struggled to trust men because there was this one time in my life that was, and we defend these limitations. We defend these things that we don't like or want about ourselves. So why not do the opposite and find reasons to defend the type of person we want to be, to defend the narrative we want, 
So like Victoria is a perfect example. She's like, she is a disciplined person because she shows up every single day, every single day. She's making sure she's getting her workout or her walking in, right? Like she's making sure that she's going and doing the workout, even when she doesn't want to, right? Like I am a whatever type of person I'm trying like, I am a healthy person because I make sure that I'm eating, you know, protein, fiber, and fat at most of my meals. I am a healthy person because I really prioritize getting good sleep every single night. So think about the thing that you want, right? I have a healthy relationship with food because I eat slowly and mindfully, and I allow myself to have the foods that I want without feeling scarcity, without feeling like I have to eat it all now. I have a healthy relationship with food because I know that I can always have more later and I don't beat myself up or feel shame or guilt for what I've eaten. Um, but it, it does. You're so, so right. Like guys, you have to collect evidence. You have to collect votes and actions to prove to yourself that that narrative is actually true. Yeah. And the only way to collect evidence is to actually do the things. And the, the, I am this way because it was reminding me of another conversation I was having, um, that like those, the reason that you're saying those things partly is because you haven't taken like personal responsibility for the the way, the reason that you are the way you are today is partly, you know, having that personal responsibility of, yes, these things in my life may have influenced what's going on, but they are not solely one person's fault or solely my fault, but I'm taking, you know, ownership and personal responsibility for the things that I have done and the beliefs that I had lived into. And so it's, it's really, really easy to play the blame game and to just live into this very limited life if you're always blaming somebody else, because then you never have to do the work. You never have to do anything because you're just on this path. But when you actually take a step back, if you're, you know, of growth mindset and want to make like sustainable, long lasting changes, you have to take ownership and you have to be accountable even to yourself, not just to another person. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. That's so, so true. Like it, it is just taking that ownership and being like, they talk about this like in, in sales calls or whatever else. Right. And they, they'll say like, Oh, well, I just don't have the time right now. Or, Oh, I just don't have the money right now. Or, Oh, or they'll say it like, well, I have to talk to my, my husband or wife, or I have to talk to my partner. I have to talk like, and part of it sometimes like that, like it's this idea of like, especially if it's on a partner or something else, then you get to almost blame them if it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, well, I, I would have done that program. I would have like had all these results, but my husband said no. So, oh, darn, you know, like, and, and you put the blame on them as opposed to just being like, no, actually, I was really scared that I wouldn't show up, that I wouldn't do the work. Yeah. Um, and like taking that, that ownership. Interesting. Um, another thing I just wanted to bring up real quick, because it was something that um, it was just really cool on our coaching call on Tuesday. Um, one of my clients was talking and I just, I want you guys to start recognizing those subconscious stories you're telling yourself. You may, you may not even realize it. (laughs) And so like, there was this moment where one of my clients was saying, 
she's like, oh no, I had to get rid of my Fitbit. Like I was obsessively like going up and down my stairs. Like I wouldn't let myself sleep because, and she's like, and I, you know, my fitness pal, I just need to get rid of it. Like all together, because like, if I ever have my fitness plot, you know, pal, like I am a, an obsessive person and like, I'm an addictive personality or whatever else. And, um, I had this moment where I was just like, is that really true? Like maybe like, maybe you have obsessive tendencies. Maybe you have maybe perfectionistic tendencies, but does that mean that you actually are an obsessive person and that no matter what circumstance comes your way, this is, this is just who you are and you're always going to take it to the extreme. Does that have to be true about you? And it was just like this light bulb moment. And like, again, it's that, that kind of coming back to like AA and people can have different like thoughts or feelings on that and whatever else. But I do not agree with the idea of standing in front of a crowd and saying, I am an alcoholic in my mind that, or like I am an addict in my mind, every single time you do that, you are defending a limitation and an identity that is not serving you. You may recognize that you have some tendencies and you may recognize that there are some actions and like there may be some difficulties there, but the more that you just say, I am this way, like it, <laughs> it's like a victim mentality like, and not taking complete ownership that there are things that you could learn and you could try and do differently or that it's possible. Like you are basically defending that it is impossible for you to ever make a change or to ever like not have this problem or to not have this issue. Now, again, I, and I was going to say, like, I, like, we've obviously talked about this and I see your side. And I also see the side of you know, somebody that has like struggled with alcoholism that they have gotten to their rock bottom and they need a way to say, yeah, I am an, like they're saying they're an, like they're saying they're an alcoholic because they're accepting responsibility that has destroyed their life. And they have wreaked havoc on their relationships, their health, their work, like all of those things. And so I see it from the, the side of, being able to say like, yeah, that's probably, you know, not as helpful for your, um, you know, your mental well-being, your mental state. And at the same time, like, I also think that some of these people say those things because, or I was an alcoholic. That. Yeah. That. I think that's what it is. It's that's that it. I was an alcoholic. I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. responsibility that alcoholism was running their lives and it was, you know, destroying things, but it's not saying that that's what you currently are. Oh my gosh. Sorry. And I'm really like, I realized like I said some like really like kind of like black and white thinking like, but like, but that that's exactly it. That's what I mean. Like I, I love when people say I am a recovering, like you and I would say that we're still recovering. Like I, I am, and it really does come down to like, I used to, and I talk about this with our language all the time. I used to struggle with food. I used to not be able to have one cookie without eating all of them. I used to not be able to have, and I'm not saying that go and test yourself with alcohol or drugs or any, I'm not saying this, like, please, I'm not saying this at all, but continuing to like say that I am still broken. Yeah. 
like in a sense. I know what you. I know what you meant in it. I. I was. That was a further clarifying, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, those things. I mean, I think it is of detriment to just say those things and like the. I mean, the whole self fulfilling prophecy thing. Like, yeah, that could become the reality of somebody that's trying to heal their relationship with alcohol. But like that, I was somebody that you know. It's it's taking that. I think that ownership of this was something that I struggle with and I'm taking responsibility and I'm also choosing to, you know, make, take the healthy option, take the healthy route that it's, it's all, it's crazy how much our words have so much power and how they really can kind of take you down one road or take you down the other. Um, it's, it's crazy. (laughs) It is. No. And I, I love it. I, I really do. This is, this is stuff I geek out on. I I think it's so incredibly powerful. The words that we tell ourselves about ourselves, our narratives, our own stories, like, and just again, like asking yourself, like, well, and I really do want people to think about this, whatever right now, like this is the exercise for you, wherever you are listening to this, I want you to think about what is a big problem in your life right now? What is something that just feels like overwhelming you have no idea how you're going to like see yourself through. It could be alcohol. It could be food. It could be your weight. It could be money. It could be relationships. Like what is your big problem right now? And I want you to ask yourself, what if this was no longer a problem? Like this changed my life because I thought I was going to struggle with binge eating and with food for the rest of my life. And I remember when I asked myself this question, what if it was no longer a problem for me? And it opened up a whole new world. And I was like, oh, like I would be so much more present in my relationships. I would feel so much more at ease throughout my day. I would be able to go to a social event and not always think about the, like, and then you start working backwards and you start taking the actions to start becoming that way. And then it'll eventually, you'll have enough evidence that that actually is your reality. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. This is, but this is like right now for me, I'm not kidding. I know that I've healed my relationship with food and this was the thing that did it for me. And now I have evidence that I'm able to change. And so I'm taking that same perspective right now with my relationships, right? I used to say that I have commitment issues. I will no longer defend that about myself. I used to say that. I'm just bad with money. I will no longer let that utter out of my lips, right? Like I, I am becoming someone who is healing her relationship with money. I am becoming someone who is capable of being in a loving and committed relationship. That is who I am becoming. I will no longer defend that, that, that identity that I no longer want. Well, there you have it. (laughs) passionate all right guys thought provoking and (laughs) action taking um please make sure to follow us on our social media they are linked down below and also as a reminder to comment or to leave a review and to subscribe and if you can hit the little share button and send it to one other person um we don't do any like ads or anything on, I mean, currently, I don't think that we ever will, but 
regardless, like the only way that this exists is because of you guys. And the more that you guys can share it, the more that we can help other people. So we appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for showing up each and every week, every Tuesday. Yep. And we'll see you guys next week. All right. See you next week. Bye guys.